You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Gators get a big 24-17 victory in the SEC over Missouri. We'll break it down right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you day after. Florida beats Missouri 24-17, and the Gators' first SEC victory in about a year. It was a day short of a year when the Gators got their last SEC victory over Vanderbilt last year so kind of waiting on this one <laughs> and the Gators needed it Gators got it done some ups some downs we'll get into it right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown but before we do this episode is brought to you by MyBookie use promo code Gators to double your first deposit only at MyBookie.ag and also brought to you by Shark Coatings visit SharkFloorCoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time Plenty to get into, but before we do, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Really, really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. Coming at you a little bit earlier on this Sunday, uh, giving you plenty of time to bring it all in, listen to it on this Sunday, or watch it this Sunday. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You'll get those notifications whenever we go live on Gators Breakdown. And also, uh, join us on Gators Breakdown Plus. The link is in the description. Uh, really good time something we tried it new uh for the first time uh we, we've had some post-game chats but i put the post-game chat on the the bluetooth and was talking on the way back from gainesville to jacksonville so you can get in that discord server we can chat after games it might be something i do uh, i do for home games you know driving back from gainesville to jacksonville eh, the reception drops out every now and then but we can have a good conversation there it was a lot of fun you know, talking uh, about the game on the way back to Jacksonville. You get access to that on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. Uh, and the link is in the description uh, to join Gators Breakdown Plus. Extra episodes, Q&A episodes, those chats all come with that starting at 3 bucks a month. So, all right, let's get to the game uh, right here. And we'll go straight to the stats. 24-17 victory. 
Stats aren't going to be pretty, <laughs> but the most important one, the score. Hey, it turns out Gators win the game. Right here we go. Let's take a look. Florida, Missouri comparison. Missouri, 370 total yards to Florida's 297 passing yards. Yeah, there's the separation right there. 220 for Missouri, only 66 for the Gators. We'll get into all that talk, believe me. We're just going to go straight look at the stats here. Rushing yards, that was a difference for the game. For the Gators, offense, big advantage for the Gators. 231 yards on the ground compared to 150 for Missouri. Penalties, big. Florida doesn't get their first one till late in the game. One penalty for five yards. Hey, there is an improvement there. Um, when we come started looking at last year's team and this year's team and comparing and what was one place we wanted to see Florida get better, penalties been so been pretty good so far this year uh, for the most part on offense and defense, and now showed up big yesterday. First downs, Missouri with the edge there, 21-13 to 13 over Florida as far as first downs go. Third downs, yep, we know that's going to be a big conversation here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. 9-17 for Missouri, 3-11 of 11 for Florida. Florida 1-1 one of one on fourth down, the big Anthony Richardson run, of course. Total plays, only 46 for the Gators, 19 in the first half. Total plays for Missouri, 72. Uh, and you know, that's, where some, that's where some of the stats come into play uh, as well. Not many plays for the Gators, of course. But average yards per play, Florida 6.5 to 5.1 for Missouri. So uh, Florida hitting some big plays, especially in the run game in the second half. Uh, yards per completion, 10 for Missouri, 8.3 for the Gators. Average yards per rush, 7.2 for the Gators, basically doubling Missouri's 3.6. Red zone, Gators 3 for 3, Missouri 3 of 4. Time of possession, Missouri one of the best time of possession teams in the country. That continues here versus Florida. 36.09 to 23.51. Uh, turnovers, of course, uh, a factor, but more so for Missouri as Florida gets 13 points off of turnovers, two touchdowns, and then you know, fumbles, the Gators lose one, sacks, big time for the defense here, four sacks for the Gators, only one for Missouri, tackles for a loss, 13 for the Gators, and only four for Missouri. Gators defense living in the backfield in this game with some big, big plays. Something we'll also get into here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. The defensive performance up and down, offensive performance up and down. But that kind of <laughs> that's really the storyline of the game and something I'm really going to show here. Let me find that graphic here. But the comparison from first half to second half. And, of course, that's the big difference in the game. It was tied 10-10 at halftime. Missouri had 196 total yards in the first half. Compare that to 174 in the, in the second half for them. But that's the, the big difference is for Florida. 65 total yards in the first half. Go look at the second half. 232 for the Gators in the second half. Of course, really, really carried by that ground game. But it was the ground game that was a big difference, too. Florida couldn't run the ball in the first half. 1.9 yards per rush on 10 rush attempts in the first half. 
9.6 average in the second half on 22 rush attempts. Basically, Florida basically averaging a first down every time they ran the ball in the second half. You see Missouri 99-yard rushing in the first half, Florida only 19. And there was a big difference, of course. That 9.6 average for Florida equals out to 212 rushing yards in the second half for the Gators. In the first half, 4-8 were the Gators. Anthony Richardson passing 4-6 in the second half. 46 passing yards in the first half. 20 in the second half. We'll get it all in, into it. Not a, not a pretty f- performance there, uh, but more so on the ground for Anthony Richardson. Third down, of course, you know, Florida okay in the first half. Four of nine, I mean, not great, but you'd take that, especially after what happened in the second half. Missouri goes five of eight in the second half on third down. Those third and longs, I'll detail those coming up. But it was a total plays. You know, the pick six comes into play a little bit. You know, it gives the ball right back to Missouri, so Florida gets one less possession there. Uh, But still, it was the offense not being able to stay on the field, not being able to run the ball, not being able to stay on the field. Uh, so all those things kind of factored into play. But 40 total plays from Missouri in the first half to compared to Florida's 18. A lot more balanced in the second half. Look at the total plays there. 32 for Missouri, 28 for Florida in the second half. I mean, that was you know, Florida's ground game gets going, they can stay on the field. And that was, you know, that was we 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 know by now this Florida offense has to run the ball consistently in most games. Um and look, I, I was worried that Anthony Richardson was not going to have that Tennessee-like performance versus Missouri. I said that in a preview. He was not going to go out there against this defensive front and play that way. Florida's run game would need to eventually get going. They did. That was the difference. Able to stay on the field, able to help a struggling quarterback. There you go. I mean, that that, that look right there, it's big. Even Florida's defense, three sacks. In the, <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde for the Gators' defense. Um, you know, a, a better performance, we'll get into it. Uh, but Jekyll and Hyde, of course, you get the three sacks, but also give up those big third downs in the second half. So all right, let's get to some player-specific stats, and then we'll get into a little bit of discussion right here for the Gators. Anthony Richardson, 8 of 14, 66 yards, one touchdown. Man, the, the touchdown, beautiful laser throw uh, to Ricky Pearsall in the back of the end zone. Uh, 57% completion percentage, add the one interception as well. Xavier Henry, look, there's <laughs> looking at the receiving. When you have a quarterback stat line of 8 of 14 for 66 yards, the receiver stat line is not going to be pretty either. There were some drops, of course, too. Uh, but Henderson, two. Attempt, two, two catches, eight yards. Shorter, very first play of the game for the Gators' offense. One catch, 20 yards. Drops one later. Dante Zanders, one of 12. Pearsall, one of nine for the touchdown. Marcus Burke was in the game early. Uh, if, if you didn't miss that, did have a catch for seven yards. They tried to get him involved. You, you could tell uh, they were really trying to get him involved in this game. Uh, there, there was two targets. or Get him involved early in this game, more so than we've seen him before. One catch for seven yards, two targets. And Montreal Johnson, Keon Zipper with a catch apiece as well. I mentioned Jaquavion Frazier's there, has the one target. Would have been a tough catch, but a catchable ball there in the end zone. Didn't happen. But yeah, when you have a 8 of 14 for 66 yard quarterback stat line, the receiving stat line's not going to be all that pretty either. But what is pretty. And it did take a while to get there going into the second half. That Florida rushing total right here. Montreal Johnson, eight attempts, 86 yards, averaging 10.8 yards a carry. 
the touchdown and a 41 yard, 41 yard long run for him. Trevor Etienne continues on his impressive freshman season. 10 attempts, 83 yards, 8.3 yards of carry. He had a 39-yard run. Anthony Richardson, 5 attempts, 45 yards. Definitely took him a while to get involved in the run game as well. 32-yard run for his long, not averaging 9 yards of carry. Naquan Wright, 5 carries, 22 yards. Had a long of 10, 4.4 yards of carry. And there you go. When We're starting to see it. And something we wanted to see. Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, by far, and away, getting the bulk of the carries. And the reason we kept pointing out to it, the big plays happened with those running backs. And that stat line perfectly puts that in perspective and perfectly shows what we've been discussing all year. As we get game by game, we get more examples, we get more data. It shows it right there, the importance of those two running backs and them getting the bulk of the carries. All right, let's switch it to the Missouri side of things. Brady Cook, 22 at 30, 220 through the air, no touchdowns, two interceptions, but a 73% completion percentage. I'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Luther Burden, big-time recruit there from Missouri, five catches, 20 yards. Uh, Mookie Cooper continues his impressive Street lately for Missouri, four catches, 58 yards. Dominic Lovett, SEC's leading receiver coming into this game. Florida, okay, pretty, I mean, four for the 39, not, 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 not bad uh, there as, as far as the SEC's leading receiver goes. Uh, but, yeah, 22 catches there for those receivers, 220 yards through the air. Uh, Missouri rushing, uh, Nathaniel Pete, okay, you know, 20 attempts, 117 yards. 5.9, you'd like to see that come down, but given this Gator defense and we've seen them struggle, especially against the run, this is an okay performance there when it's all said and done. Uh, Pete was about the only one being able to do anything. Uh, Cody Schrader, 8 attempts, 17 yards. Uh, but Brady Cook, 14 attempts, 16 yards. And I mentioned in the preview about earlier in the season against non-SEC teams, he was able to hurt teams with his legs. Not so much here. Florida bringing plenty of pressure, holding him in check. He had a long of 13. You know, it's nothing really hurting Florida all too much, but 14 attempts, 16 yards. Of course, Sykes comes into play here as well. But as I said, he was had been able to hurt teams with his legs uh, before and didn't hurt Auburn, didn't hurt Georgia, didn't hurt those SEC defenses. But what I wanted to see is we have known the issues, we've known the worries about this Florida defense of defending the quarterback run and it hurt Florida a couple times but nothing to the effect that we've seen so far this year uh and what Brady Cook's been able to do also against other teams pretty much a non-factor when it was all said and done all right so as I said up and down for the Gators what the stats show uh that's of course what uh um Every, I mean, everything shows. We'll get into the conversation. It shows it, too. We'll get into the ups. We'll get into the downs. That's exactly uh, what this game was for the Gators. Now, now we'll start at the, the, the quarterback position. And now I think we can safely say with some confirmation that the Kentucky game and the South Florida games were more than just a blip. We were hoping those were just blips and the ascension of Anthony Richardson would continue. Uh, it did not. 
Uh, there was a step back, and now we know Anthony Richardson, for right now, still early, still these early starts, uh, early, not, not a no, high number of starts, of course, but is inconsistent. Um, and now we're going to have the question every week of how he will perform. We were hoping it would just be a continuation of what we saw versus Tennessee, a continuation of what we would saw versus uh, Eastern Washington, even though given that opponent. And then, look, I didn't think he'd have the, like as I said, that Tennessee type of performance here versus Missouri. That was, you know, that's outlandish to think that he can do that week in and week out, but not take the big step back. Uh, and that's what we got. You know, the stat sheet isn't pretty. Uh, it, we look at a little better, of course, if Justin Shorter catches uh, a pass that hits him in the hands. The Quavion Frazier, as I mentioned earlier, uh, makes those guys make some catches down the field. Doesn't look as bad uh, there for Anthony Richardson. Uh, and we know he's better when he runs the ball. Um, and it just wasn't there early. Um, I'd like to see him keep the ball <laughs> on some of those instead of the choice of handing it off. Uh, certainly something that's noticed there. But I think, you know, we're, we're at that point of asking what is there and are there limitations? And are there limitations of, look, you could tell by looking at him. I don't think injury is the full excuse here, but he doesn't have that same burst. He doesn't have that same top speed that we've seen from him before, but he can still be dangerous with his legs. So we're still seeing that. And, you know, he's dangerous enough. I'm not looking for that 75-yard run every time he takes off and run. Uh, we can see that's not going to be the case for him. There's still going to be some big runs. Uh, but now it's more about the runs to get him into the flow of the game. Pick up important yards. Move the chains. That, that's where I want to see Anthony Richardson with his legs now. I'm not, I'm not, we're not getting the, the big Utah run, the big South Florida runs from a year ago uh, right now. I, I don't see that. And teams are more prepared for it at the same time as well. But, you know, is there the, the thought, and I don't know if we'll get a straight answer if we ask Napier about it. I'm sure there'll be plenty of talk about it this week. But we did hear about it a couple of weeks ago. And is there still the same thought and, and, and process and mindset of trying to protect him? You know, is the game plan for certain teams to limit his carries? And could that have been the game plan uh, here? Is that uh, a mental thing on Anthony Richardson's side? Uh, is, it, is it more him? Is it more the staff? Is it a combination I'm not sure we'll get the clear answer. I'm not sure we'll even get an answer. Uh, but, you know, that, most of that was, that was questions in the first half. In the second half, Florida had more plays. Richardson went four of 20, uh, four completions for 20 yards, but he did run more in the second half than he did in the first half. Um, and, you know, rushes for you know, 48 yards there. So that type of performance, um, is it sustainable? For Florida, against the better teams Florida will face, you know, if there is a um, thought process of limiting him in the game plan or his running in the game plan, that's got to go out the window uh, coming up with the schedule and how much more difficult it's going to get. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I mean, Florida's going to face some better teams coming up. And maybe him and Napier know that. Uh, maybe the game plan wasn't 
to have as many design runs in this game plan versus Missouri, knowing they need it down the road. But at the same time, this type of play can cost Florida a game, and it can cost, uh, or it can cause a maybe closer than it should be score. I mean, Florida had a couple chances to run away with this game in the first half. They're up ten nothing, got the ball later in the game, twenty four ten, and just couldn't pull away. And when you're either limiting your quarterback or your quarterback is limited. Looks like Florida's not going to be able to pull away. Anthony Richardson responsible for a couple more turnovers. And look, the interception at the end wasn't terrible. I mean, it was a, it was a late throw. It wasn't a great throw, but the other throw was high. I don't necessarily bring, blame Pearsall either. He had to get up, get it. It hits him in the hands. The defender makes a great play uh, there. And you'd think when most of the time when a defender kind of rakes at a receiver and trying to separate him from the ball, it just falls to the ground. Well, this one's picked off. Uh, so it was a, it was a throw in traffic, uh, a throw that needed to be made. Um, just more unfortunate that it turns into an interception and just doesn't fall to the ground. Uh, the fumble right before halftime, uh, that just can't happen. Now uh, I credit Missouri for getting pressure on, on, on Anthony Richardson, causing it, you know, split second, whether his arm was about to move forward or not. Um, just in the bang, bang, but terrible because just deep in your own territory, uh, allowing Missouri to start a drive close to in, in scoring range. Thankfully, the defense stands up, holds strong, and forces the Missouri field goal. But it's just a continuation of the turnover issues that Anthony Richardson brings to the table. So Florida's just got a lot to clean up there. Uh, will, will we get our answers about the quarterback and how – look, is, is he 100%? No, he's not. He's not. And how much is that affecting the play calling? How much is that affecting the game plan? How much is that – uh, affecting just how much they want to build uh, around Anthony Richardson. Now, of course, uh, Florida started out that way, it, or it looks that way. Uh, and I, I keep going back to I do think there were some early runs there uh, for Anthony Richardson. But, you know, we did see it more in the second half. Uh, and, like, it was really weird flow early in the game with not so many plays, but Florida's partly to blame for not so many plays. Uh, they weren't able to stay on the field in the first half. Weren't able to run the ball, even with the running backs. Uh, so... It looks, of course, it looks better when in the second half when the run game gets going. But uh, there, there's, there's still there's so many questions of why uh, of why it looks this way. Part of it is the inconsistency of just Anthony Richardson himself. He, he's not consistent, not playing at that high level week in and week out. Uh, is there some confidence issues uh, in this offense? Is he comfortable in this offense? I mean, there's a lot that goes into transition. Is he still learning the offense? Uh, is, is he still swimming a, a bit in learning the offense? How much are they installing that's new every week? I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into this. A lot that goes into this. But Florida finished with its fewest pass attempts, 14, since November 15th, 2014 versus South Carolina, where Florida finished with 11 pass attempts. And if I'm not mistaken, that would be Will Muschamp's last game as head coach of Florida. Fewest pass attempts since November 15th, 2014 versus South Carolina. 14 in this game, 11 in that game. So thankfully, the run game explodes in the second half. Not one run for the Gators went longer than 10 yards in the first half. 15 yards on 10 carries, 
one and a half yards per rush. Then the Gators exploded in the second half. Seven rushes went for 10-plus yards for 190 yards. Explosive runs for the Gators. Montreal Johnson, 41 yards. 39-yarder for ETN. 32 yards for Anthony Richardson. 10-yarder for Naquan Wright. 36 Montreal Johnson. 16 ETN. 16 ETN. You guys know I, 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 I banged the drum for those explosive runs. And look, that's what it can do. It can help a struggling quarterback. It can help a struggling offense. Uh, and that's just what this Florida offense is built on. Uh, it was much like the Georgia game last week. You know, Missouri first half holds them in check. Georgia comes out in the second half, puts a lot of yards up on the ground. Florida does the same thing here. Florida's averaging 213.7 rushing yards per game, which ranks 21st in FBS. 12th in Power 5 and 4th in the SEC. And we knew coming into this year that this offense would need to be built on the offensive line and the running backs and, uh, and, and the number of running backs they have there. ETN's been a pleasant surprise, uh, probably making it even better uh, for this Gator rushing attack. It's translating right here. You know, the, the performance versus Tennessee left some to be desired. Um, so we'll see. You know, I think this Missouri front – this Missouri defense will be one of the better defenses they play the rest of the season. Hope the run game kind of continues there for the Gators. So let's get to the other side of the ball. But before we do, time to get some ad reads in. And I know you guys like making some money, betting on these football games. Well, do it at my bookie. You know football. You pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at MyBookie? Bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple together to increase your payouts. Low contest entry fees and over a half a million to be won. Make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started is easy. Just visit MyBookie.ag, use promo code GATERS on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. That's promo code GATERS to get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. My bookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and win. So make this your winning season exclusively at mybookie.ag. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, Contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. So this Gators much much maligned defense did have a better performance. Um, of course, not anywhere near the level of what we expect the Florida defense to be when you look at the big picture, but a much better performance than what we have seen from this group. Now, 
Granted, you know, not a great offense uh, from Missouri by any means, uh, but you know, Florida's defense was just as bad and took advantage in a lot of places and still some issues in a lot of places as well. But it was a better performance. It started well. Started well for the Gators defense. First four drives of the game, Missouri went eight plays for only 30 yards on the first drive and punted. Next drive, four plays and a punt. Drive after that, so Jaden Hill picked six on the fifth play of the drive. Then there was a four-play drive before Missouri scored a touchdown on their fifth drive and a field goal on their sixth. That field goal, of course, set up by the Anthony Richardson fumble uh, there. So that field goal given up mainly by the offense uh, right there. But a good start for the Gator defense, a much better start uh, than we've seen in previous games. And welcome back, Jaden Hill. Uh, big, big performance from him. And look, going back and looking at the Eastern Washington game last week, he didn't look comfortable uh and maybe of course it's just knocking off the rust uh his first game back his first meaningful playing time uh since the 2020 season and really comes in and makes a statement the player of the game uh him him along with Ventro miller of course on, on that gator defense but Jaden hill just think about how many points he was worth in this game first of all gets to pick six so that's six points right there you know for for this gator team and then while Missouri was driving in the red zone, looking to score again, picks off Cook for his second interception of the game. That interception saves points. Whether Missouri um, goes on to kick another field goal or scores a touchdown, that saves points. So a pick six from Jaden Hill and another interception that saves points for the Gators. So Jaden Hill, big, big impact on how this game played out. He was the first Florida player with two interceptions in the same game since Rashad Torrance last year versus Georgia. So then we, a lot of us forget that game, <laughs> and we want to. Uh, but Rashad Torrance did have two picks in that game. Uh, but here's you know a, a good stat here. He was the first Florida player with two interceptions and a pick six in the same game since Chauncey Gardner-Johnson versus Michigan in the Peach Bowl in Dan Mullen's first season, December 29, 2018. Mark Hill's first career interception and first career touchdown, of course. His first interception, the 49-yard touchdown return, represented Florida's longest pick six since Ventro Miller's 82-yard interception versus Idaho in 2018. So where else did this Gator defense make a difference? Uh, Hey, look, that was in the backfield. Four sacks, 13 tackles for loss for the Gators. Florida's 13 tackles for loss were the team's most since the 2019 season opener in that Week 0 game versus Miami when the Gators registered 16 tackles for a loss in that game. Nine Gators had at least a half tackle for a loss versus Missouri, and that's what it was, too. You saw a lot of game tackling. You saw a lot of, a lot of guys in the backfield at that time. That's why this nine different had at least half of a tackle for a loss. That means more players were getting around the ball. More players were attacking, and how many – Time over the last couple of weeks versus Tennessee and Eastern Washington was just harping on guys not winning their one-on-one battles, guys up front not winning their battles and getting in the backfield, and especially against a team like Eastern Washington where that should, that should just be easy. That, that should be going against that caliber of opponent. And now, look, this Florida defensive line has left a lot to be desired this year, but even an opponent like that, you expect Florida to come out and push them around, and it just didn't happen. 
But you do this versus an SEC team, and as I mentioned, you know, a, a not great offense versus Missouri. But after what we saw versus Eastern Washington last week and kind of being controlled and not being physical enough up front, Florida now, a week later, does it against an SEC team in Missouri. So nine different Gators had at least a half tackle for loss versus Missouri. Miller had two. Human Mielin had three. Cox had three. And just talking about winning up front, has it mattered the opponent? But Gators doing much better right there. Four sacks, 13 tackles for loss for the Gators. So Amari Burney continued some good parts for his season, adding a half tackle for loss for him, eight tackles, second on the team. His season totals to a career high, five tackles for loss and 36 tackles. He's already 16 shy of his career high. Prior to this season, Bernie's most tackle for loss in the season was two and a half. He's already doubled that. So look, I mean, I, 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 I know there's a lot of criticism that goes along with Amari Bernie. There's been some ups. There's been some downs. He is playing better this year. The, um, the bad plays, when there's, that, that's kind of what we have seen from him. When It's the same type of bad plays, but his good plays are more impactful this year. And he's making more of them. Princely, you man me yelling, man, show out game for him. Some guy that we circled and kind of targeted this year as somebody that needed to break out for this Florida defensive front up, you know, and it took a while. Um, he did not start the season off like many of us thought he would. Uh, was a starter initially, has been now cycled in there with Justice Boone and, and, and other players, and now has his best game of his career, three tackles for loss. That's a career high for him, of course. Also recorded one sack, bringing his season total to two and a career total of five and a half. Big, big step-up game for Princely. You know, Florida's going to get better up front. If they're going to start winning battles, it's going to have to be the guys we haven't heard a whole lot from so far. It's a big game for Princely there. Good time to see that one break out. Um, Gators had their five, five tackles for loss in the first half. Um, Bernie would have Brenton Cox with one, Dexter with one, uh, Jadarius Perkins had one, Jalen Lee. Um, so, you know, it started fast and furious for the tackles for loss for the Gators. Ended up with 13 after getting five in the first half. Uh, but shout out once again, Ventrell Miller. Probably was not originally supposed to be back until probably this game from his injury. Uh, initially even heard it may even take to the bye week in the Georgia game, but he comes back a couple of weeks ago versus Tennessee. Shows out in that game. Even played versus Eastern Washington probably last week when he didn't really even need to. Uh, but his last season, his last go-around, he wants to be out there uh, for the Gators, leading this Gator team, and tied his career high with two tackles for loss. Led the Gators with 11 tackles, 10 of them being solo. And that solo part is really important when you look at it because, and Napier mentioned this in the press conference, but something we have noticed if he doesn't make the tackle, then those plays are going for big gains. You know, sometimes he's the last line of defense uh, for for uh, a play uh, and, and stopping a, an opposing player. We've seen it at times this year, but that was full dis- on full display versus Missouri, where Ventura Miller is making the play. And if he's not making the play, it's going to be a big game. Uh, and it doesn't even look like the play will be there. And he just comes out of nowhere. It looks like he's shot out of a cannon sometimes. And sometimes these, these are even plays where he's got to run left or right, like. When you think Ventrell Miller, it's more coming downhill. But he's, he's 
done some really nice things this year running horizontally and making plays left to right. So I don't know where this defense would be <laughs> without him. It'd be a big worry. Uh, but it, it, in this game, you know, it was the veterans that have been kind of much maligned along with the whole defense that, re- that really stepped up in this game. You know, Bernie, Miller, Cox. But it was the whole defense together as well. Cox, uh, one sack for him. It was his first of the season. Believe it or not, um, you know, even though there's nice pressures um, earlier in the season, not just his first sack, three tackles for loss, season high for him as well. Career total, 31 tackles for loss, 13 and a half sacks. Chris McClellan logged his first full sack of his career in this game. Jervon uh, Dexter picked up a sack as well, his career total of four sacks. So, okay, now. That's all. That's the positive coming out of the defense. Much better performance. But man, oh man, I guess we got to call this. Do you, you want? Do you want to call it third and Tony? In a, a joke in relation to third and Grantham, you just now want to call it third and Gators because now it's just been a, a trend. No matter who the defensive coordinator is, and like I said, you go back and look at the stats. It wasn't a bad start for Florida on third down defense, but now the third down defense really reared its head in the second half. And down in distance was huge, huge on that. Some of these were just inexcusable, unexplainable. But Missouri only ranked, and I'm going back to the preview here, Missouri only ranked 109th in third down conversion rate this year, coming into the game at 33%. Converted 53% versus the Gators after going 9 of 17. They averaged third and eight and a half. They converted a third and nine, another third and nine, and then in the fourth quarter converting third and 22, third and 15, third and 18. Brady Cook was nine of 11 on third down for 95 yards. But here's one positive. I'll go back to one more positive now. And, and, and they positive on third down. Both turnovers, those interceptions by Jaden Hill, they both came on third down. <laughs> so, hey, look, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking there, uh, I'll admit, but, hey, that's, that's a big positive where Florida did struggle on third down in this game. The biggest plays for the defense and Jaden Hill did come on third down as well. So with those turnovers there by Jaden Hill, the Gators have produced 10 turnovers this season with at least one in each game. And just keep talking about improvement for this Gator defense, they improved overall in this game themselves, but just overall on defense for the year, kind of comparing where Florida has been producing turnovers is where Florida is definitely better on defense. Last season, Florida had six turnovers through six games. There are four more than that right now. The Gators have produced, with this Missouri game now, add one more to it. The Gators have produced multiple turnovers in two other games this season with two interceptions and a forced fumble versus South Florida and two forced fumbles versus Tennessee. So, yeah, we know the third down struggles. This, um, you know, the, the soft zone coverage that comes along with it, I think the zones could be a little tighter. Uh, I'm not, you know, you're not going to line up in man defense each and every play. Um, is the cushion too much at times? Yes. But also, that's what led to these interceptions. We noticed where Brady Cook has struggled with this year. Does uh, more more so than not some of the zone defense looks 
this year, Florida gets their turn. Get, Florida gets their turnovers there as well. But Brady Cook completing sixty three percent of his passes coming into this game, seventy three percent versus Florida. Came into the game knowing that he struggled versus those zone looks. Florida was able to take advantage with those two picks, but at the same time, those coverages really giving up some easy completions and some unbelievable third down conversions. Uh, overall, much much improved performance uh, by the Gators' defense. Um, started making plays that were there. Uh, that's been something I, I kind of harped on, especially on the Gators Breakdown Plus side and some of the extra episodes I did there um, this past week. Is start at least making the plays that are there. When you get into the backfield like Florida did this game, you know there were still some some missed ones. You know, some there was Florida could have had more sacks. Florida could have had more tackles for loss, you know, and you know, some players able to score it away there. It uh, could have been even better uh, for this Florida defense, but did start making some more of the plays that were there. But gave up too many third downs once again. But maybe some progress. These were third and longs. Now you got to start, once again, taking the next step, making the plays that are there. Now, these third and longs, I think uh, Napier said it, what was it? Most teams are like 15% in the country at converting those. So it lets you know that those can't happen. Those don't happen around college football. You don't convert third and 18 and third and 22, third and 15 on a consistent manner. You shouldn't be able to. So Florida, next step, you know, start making those plays. You know, Perkins on the sideline, make a tackle. Force it back inside. You know, this defense, don't allow receivers to catch a pass when there's three defenders in the area. That should be able to make a play. One of them should be able to make a play. So some progress, some progress on defense. Does opponent come into play a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Of course it does. But this is a bad Florida Gator defense coming into this game. So it was a bad defense versus a you know, bad offense. And in a lot of ways, Florida won some matchups, but still improvement to be made. Look, Florida outmanned Eastern Washington last week too. Held the point total down, but gave up way too many yards. Progress here, getting tackles for loss, getting sacks, making impact plays, getting turnovers, getting points off turnovers. But there we go. Improvement, progress, that's all we can ask for right now. Need to keep seeing it. Much like the quarterbacks, (laughs) you know, it was, we saw some progress. We saw some steps being made. Now it reverted back. You know, for this defense now, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully this is a building block for this Gator defense. And we'll find out pretty quick. You know, going up against an LSU defense or offense next week, that's nothing special, but can hurt you in a lot of ways with a mobile quarterback in Jaden Daniels and those receivers that LSU has. So we'll see what they kind of come up with next week there. All right, then I know one more thing that's going to come up here, of course, and that's the the coaching and you know play calls, all that stuff. You know that's that's all good and well, but I know um, or that conversation is going to come up whether too conservative, whether not right play calls in general, whether you agree with it or not. You know that's a lot of that subjective. Um, so up two now, there's going to be those timeouts um, right before the Missouri field goal. And should you call them? Should you you know waste or whatever? It's, it's gonna it's gonna come up. 
But you know, being there at the game, and I don't know if you could see it on TV or not, uh, the first time out that Billy Napier called while Missouri was getting ready to line up to a field goal, Missouri was hurrying their field goal unit onto the field, uh, and Napier had described after – now, I saw this going on, um, but Napier described it after the game. It was kind of helter-skelter there. He said Florida was in the dime defense. They didn't have you – know, the personnel was not getting off the field uh, in time. Missouri was trying to hurry up and kick a field goal. Florida probably would have had too many guys on the field uh, at, at, at that point. So called the timeout to save five yards uh, there for there. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, those timeouts, you know, Florida's – there wasn't enough time, I don't think. I don't think Florida was going to be aggressive if they got the ball back anyway on offense. So the timeouts, to me, don't really mean a whole lot. Now it's up to you if you wanted to be more aggressive – when Florida got the ball back, I don't think it was in Florida's plans to be all that aggressive. Uh, when they got the, the offense was struggling in the first half, uh, I don't see where Florida was going to be aggressive in that situation. I think Billy Napier wanted to go ahead and just get to the locker room um, there, but he thought Florida was going to have too many guys on the field. There were guys running on on the field, off the field. There was a lot of confusion uh, going on. Now, if you want to criticize that, then okay, you can, you can criticize that. Um, but the timeout, there is an explanation uh, for it, and then there was another one called too. But uh, a lot of people go back to that first one, and a lot of criticism going along going going along with that. So there was an explanation by the coach. A lot of confusion going on with Missouri trying to hurry up and kick that field goal. So there was some thought was you know they're they are hurrying. You put the pressure on them. Well, if Florida would have had too many guys on the field, they would have got. You know, that, that wouldn't have mattered anyway. Penalty would have been called, then they would have just reset and kicked the field goal. So either way, they were going to be given time in Billy Napier's eyes. But I care more about what did the offense do, what did the defense do. Special teams would get a, um, you know, there's some worry there, uh, of course, two missed field goals. Uh, Napier took a little bit of blame, saying there were some deep field goals uh, there. We've seen uh, Mihalik hit some deep field goals this year. Um, I think where Napier probably – he says he could have coached better in that situation, so maybe better third-down play calls uh, to make him a little closer, maybe to be a little more aggressive, maybe to set up more fourth and shorts to even go for it. Uh, I think all of that's in play um, uh, as well. It was not – I don't know if the way the first half was playing out, if there were some trust issues there of not being aggressive um, with the play calling – it was not aggressive as we have seen it there from Billy Napier. So, as I said, the game plan comes into play hey, uh, as well. What the Florida game plan for? But we, we've seen it way too many times this year of aggressiveness. Look, I don't think there was a whole lot of time to be aggressive as far as that timeout and getting the ball back for the offense. Um, there. there wasn't a whole lot of time. Offense was struggling. But if you want to start looking at play calling – with some of the missed field goals and Billy Napier mentioning in the game that he can coach those situations better, probably what he's going back to a little bit, the third down play calling, maybe setting up fourth and shorts a little bit more, whether to go for it or put your field goal position in closer range. But, you know, the, <laughs> we, we have a theme for this team already, right? Uh, we know this team's going to be in a lot of close games. And with an inconsistent quarterback, that's probably going to be the case throughout this year. Now, if you go out there and get that performance, if you go out there and get the Tennessee performance versus the likes of uh, maybe even LSU, 
Uh, but, you know, your South Carolina and Vanderbilt's of the world, okay, you win those games by a couple of scores. But if you get that inconsistent performance and the strategy and the identity of this team is a run game, then you're not going to run away from a lot of teams. That's left on Florida's schedule. Now, can, can Florida get a finally pair it all together? Can they get an offensive performance similar to Tennessee? Can they get a defensive performance, performance similar to Kentucky and Missouri? If you compare that together, you know, Florida, can, Florida can have some more comfortable games as far as final score goes. But right now, the inconsistency, the identity of being a run team, you're not going to run away from a lot of teams. Uh, and but look, I mean the same thing with this team, and, and I mentioned it, and I'll go back to it. There were there were some times, there were some opportunities Florida could have pulled away in this game. And look, we we've seen it. it, it that's kind of been the theme this year. Uh, the Kentucky game, Florida was up, had a chance to extend the lead. It just didn't happen. Uh, the Tennessee game in the first half had a chance, didn't happen. So. You know, kind of what we're getting from this team. There's going to be some inconsistencies. There's going to be some close games. We know that that's a theme. We 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 know that to be. Um, it, it was an mo for Billy Napier at Louisiana, um, and I, I think coming into this year with the identity of this team, it's still going to be there. Um, does that eventually change when he starts getting his own players, recruiting his own players, and 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 all that? We'll see. That's uh, way down the road, uh, but for now, I think we see this team as a team that's going to be in a lot of close games. Uh, they're winning, or they're learning how to win some of these close games. You hope that confidence kind of builds on itself. And you, can, you go back to the Kentucky game and, oof, you know, a, a close game you could have, should have, would have won in a lot of ways. I'm sure Kentucky feels the same way. But prepare. <laughs> prepare for more of these Frustrating, I think you can say that word as well. Um, but some of these close, down-to-the-wire type of games. I think there is potential for some of these not to be if you can pair up an offensive and defensive performance at the same time. And you look at it with these close games, you can sit here and say Florida should be 5-1 and one in some ways. And Florida could be one in five in some ways. And that's how razor thin it is for Florida right now. As, as we kind of continue on, I'm not trying to make an excuse here. It is a transition year. There's still a lot of learning going on. And look at first-year coaches across the country right now. We just saw Brian Kelly and LSU get demolished by Tennessee. Notre Dame and their struggles earlier this year. Brent Venables in Oklahoma. I mean, a lot of people want to make those comparisons and, um, you know, this defense should be further along at Florida and all that. I mean, the Brent Venables, one of the country's best defensive coordinators before this year, all of a sudden forget the coach defense? I don't think so. Transition isn't easy. <laughs> Transition is not easy. Somebody like now Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma going to USC, you bring some of those players that you had a lot of success with last year to USC, okay, it's a bit easier. You have more players on the same page. It's no coincidence that some of Florida's best offensive players are guys that can be on the same page 
coming in, like Louisiana and Montreux Johnson and Osiris Torrance. You know, we see that, but when, when it's the quarterback position, like we see Lincoln Riley in USC, that can go a long way. And the best receiver from that same team going to USC. That transition's a bit easier, but you see a lot of the other first-year head coaches, first-stop head coaches. Now, with Venables and, you know, that it's his first job. Of course, he's learning on the job. But he didn't, I mean, he didn't forget to coach defense. I had to coach defense. That is what it looks like. This is absolutely what it looks like. The transition is just, it's not an instant fix. Well, Adam, I see your comment about South Carolina shutting down Kentucky. Well, yeah, Will Levis wasn't playing. (laughs) Come on. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Will Levis is a special college quarterback, but Kentucky's offense doesn't look like that with him in there. South Carolina hasn't shown that all year. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. Now, Kentucky, you know, kind of looking at that game, a lot of Kentucky thoughts and process was was be was to lean on the run game when Christopher Rod, you know Christopher Rodriguez uh, is now back, and he had some good performance. But I think when you make him that one dimensional, even with as good as he is, I mean, we've seen it from Florida this year too. Um, you know, you, the, the run, a good run game can be shut down, can, can be controlled. I think Florida's a really good run team. Shut down first half of the Missouri game. Tennessee did a great job of limiting Florida. But going to Kentucky, yeah. So you say they're, they're an average team. I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're average to good. Um, they're about what I thought they were this year. You know, when I go back and pick my my um, my SEC preseason was Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, that's just kind of where I, Kentucky's about what I thought they'd be. You know, if they had Levis, I, th- I think they beat South Carolina. They're about where I thought they'd be. They're a good team, not elite, not will will, will not be elite, much better than they have been. But yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see where we'll see where they go from here. Um, but they're about what they're about what I thought they would be. All right, good stuff here, everybody. Thanks for hopping on this Sunday, Florida, Missouri, twenty four seventeen victory for the Gators. Feels good to get that SEC win, <laughs> get that monkey off our back for uh, about a year now. Uh, and LSU coming up, we know. The drama that surrounds this game, even even more hyped up a little bit this year with the Billy Napier and would he go to LSU if they had offered the job and him being from Louisiana right down the road. The drama that always comes with Florida LSU. LSU coming off of a blowout loss to Tennessee. Florida's last loss was to Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. You know, I caution comparing, uh, but... It did happen. LSU plays Tennessee at home, and Florida hangs tougher with Tennessee on the road in Knoxville than LSU did at home. Transitive property will get you in trouble, but that's I'm just laying that out there. That won't mean a whole lot come next Saturday. <laughs> so here we go. Um, big game for the Gators. If you can go into this bye week 5-2, and two, going into the Georgia game, some confidence in beating an LSU team, that, that, that's okay. That, that's okay. 
but nothing, nothing special. And and Florida's not special either. Uh, so you know, this is a game that's very winnable for the Gators. We've known the recent struggles versus LSU when in twenty twenty had a better had a much better team. You lose that game. Last year, teams were about equal, but going into the game, you still could have said Florida maybe looked better than LSU going into that game in Death Valley last year, but LSU comes out on top as well with a historic rushing performance by them. What storylines will we be talking about this time next week? (laughs) Because this game always has them. Always has them. So be prepared for that this week with following that game. I'll have Blake Rafino on... My good buddy from RU Serious Sports who covers LSU. Uh, so we'll have plenty of coverage for Florida LSU coming up. But well, Will Miles and I back on Monday night talking about this game, looking ahead a bit to uh, what he saw. And we'll uh, break it all down on the next episode of Gators Breakdown. That would do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.